afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to this week's Know the Scene, your weekly radio show here in Lake Norman for finding out what's going on in the scene here in the towns that make up the Lake Norman region. What's what's happening in the area? What are you eating, drinking, watching, experiencing together with your friends and neighbors and families? Justin Dion, your host here. Excited to be back for another wonderful episode this week. Hope everybody's been enjoying our show so far. If you have enjoyed the show, uh, we'd love for you to go and subscribe to listen to it uh, on the regular, as they say, on the reg. Uh, And you can do that by going to your podcast app on your mobile device, whether it be maybe Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and you can hit that search bar in that app and type in Know the Scene. Um, W-S-I-C, know the scene, and you should find our, our podcast and you can hit subscribe to that. And then every week when the new episode airs, because we know it's hard to always listen live. Look, we get it. I know nowadays, you know, the radio, it can be hard to know when to tune in and you miss it. You know, well, I missed it. I can't. It's hard. 4 p.m. in the afternoon. Sometimes I'm still working. I got this thing, picking up the kids. We get it. Hey, subscribe to that podcast and you can listen to it on your own time. Listen to it on your own time whenever's best for you. Uh, I enjoy it sometimes. I have some of my friends, uh, some friends of mine who have subscribed and they'll, they'll come to me when I see them, maybe like at the gym or something like that. And they'll comment on who we spoke to that week or things that they heard and learned. So it's always fun to hear that kind of feedback. So uh, if you do listen, we love that feedback. We encourage you to go to the Facebook page if you're there, uh, maybe listening live, or if you just go after and listen and just comment on the, on the uh, post that has our show on it so that we can know you're there. And if you have any questions for the artist or myself, you can comment there. But you can also um, call in live to the station as well. And I'll make sure to get you that number um, during the next segment um, to call into the station. Uh, Kane Center for the Arts continues to be rocking and rolling. Um, We had a wonderful Black History Month celebration last weekend uh, with a combination between the Town of Cornelius, Kane Center for the Arts, and the Smithville Community Coalition um, all worked together on uh, really putting together a great event that both highlighted uh, local black history here with the Smithville community and history in the Cornelius area, you know, regional as well uh, within our Charlotte region, and then even national with a performance and program by Sons of Maestro uh, at the end of the program. And then afterwards, uh, folks that chose to, were able to stay, and folks that bought tickets stayed, and were able to watch a performance of Sons of Maestro, which are two, uh, two wonderful violinists, um, and, a, and a percussionist, and, uh, and then a DJ as well, and they all come together and play these wonderful uh, renditions of, uh, of, of what kind of reggae classics, but also different music as well, so it was a really great show, and they even featured some local uh, violinists, uh, students, violin students from the Lake Norman area, they got to participate in that as well. So a great program. Uh, we continue to have a wonderful exhibit going on right now in our gallery, and including also a Black History Month exhibit by a local Charlotte artist named Bay Hart. Uh, so you can come by any day, Tuesday through Friday, four, uh, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. to check that out. Um, this weekend, uh, Friday and Saturday, Kane Center for the Arts is hosting the performance of Be More Chill, which features a lot of amazing local youth, like high school-aged youth talent 
uh, in the Lake Norman and Charlotte region. We had a great show hosting them uh, last week. Hope everybody listened to that. Great to hear, like, just the. It's great for the kids to have an opportunity to perform this show uh, at the at our at at the center here in the community. So uh, you know, come check that out if you have a chance this weekend. Uh, next weekend, man, we we just keep going. We just keep going, Bill. Next weekend on Friday night. We have a performance by Joe Granston and his uh, band that's coming to do a tribute to Tony Bennett, uh, that show. And he was on the show a few weeks ago. You all might have heard him. And then Saturday night, we're having a wonderful uh, piano uh, performance um, by Robin Spielberg, who's here to talk with us today. So again, we encourage you to please check out canearts.org to keep on top of our schedule and all of the wonderful programs that are coming to our region. And, uh, and, you know, support all the wonderful arts organizations happening here as well. I know right now, Davidson Community Players has Fun Home performing as well. Um, lots of great stuff going on. So, so uh, with no further ado, I'd like to welcome today our guest, Miss Robin Spielberg. Robin, welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. Oh, I like that effect, Bill. Nice little new effect. I like that. Robin, how, how are you doing today? I'm doing great doing great. Excellent. Excellent. And you are, you are coming to us live today from your beautiful home studio in yes, Maryland. Is that right? Well, I'm very close to Maryland. I'm in South Central Pennsylvania. Right oh. The Maryland oh, great. So. Great. I love your setup. You've got your Stein, Steinway, right? Right there. Yes. It's beautiful. I call her Victoria. She's an 1896 Victorian Steinway. I'm wow. only her second owner. She was completely refurbished um, to my, you know, every whim customized. So it's an excellent, excellent piano. I can record on it. I do piano bar live streams on Friday nights. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty, I spend a lot of time right here. <laughs> that's good. Well, that's, and that's important that you have a wonderful space that you feel good in with all that, you know, if you're going to spend all that time there, right? Yep, absolutely. Excellent. And before before the show started, um, I know we were chatting. You just got off a string of a string of tour dates yourself. Oh yeah, yeah. Still kind of recuperating. I was in uh, Nevada and Arizona and California, and then before that, I had three shows in Virginia. So um, it's been nice and busy. I'm really happy about that. I absolutely love it. And uh, so I'm on this 11 city tour. I got about five or six shows done so far and looking forward to seeing you soon in a couple of weeks. Yes. Yes. We are looking forward to that. Not, um, not this weekend, everybody next weekend, next weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, so where were you playing? And so, so was it last weekend? Or, I mean, you mostly, are I you mostly now, yeah. <laughs> I would say Tuesday? I, I think like, I got home like two in the morning, Sunday night, Monday morning. I was in Palmdale, California, Southern California. I was, uh, South of Tucson in Arizona and outside Reno in nevada wow oh, beautiful but very different pianos lovely audiences awesome to be back um you know it took a while for uh concerts like mine to come back as you may know there's been a lot of um you know broadway came back first and a lot of the tribute shows and um the summer festivals things that are outside mm -hmm. but uh for my kind of music it took a it took a few years for to get that back up and running after covid right right for audiences and everyone and places with the indoors to kind of get more, more comfortable with everything. Exactly. Of course, of course, of course. Awesome. So, so we're glad, well, we're glad to have you back on the East coast and you're going to, uh, where else are you going next weekend? Or are you stringing like, but you're coming to us on Saturday 
where are you going anywhere before that on Friday night? Are you? Uh, yeah, I have a show in Rockville, Maryland. Okay, so you'll come down down from Maryland and then down here to Charlotte on Saturday. Right. Awesome. All right. Well, we're gonna everyone hold tight. We're gonna take a break. And then we'll come right back after this break with more with Robin. And we're going to dive into learning more about Robin and her experience and her talent and all the wonderful things that she does. Know the scene is going to be right back, everyone. Center for the Arts Executive Director, Justin Dion, is coming up on 1059 100.7 WSIC. Now, back to Know the Scene with Kane Center for the Arts Executive Director, Justin Dion, on 1059 100.7 WSIC. Welcome back, everyone, to Know the Scene, a relaxing show today, a nice relaxing show with beautiful, beautiful notes of piano <laughs> wonderment coming at you today. The music that you do here, introing and ex and extroing, <laughs> extroing, um, introing uh, the the sessions today are the wonderful sounds of Miss Robin Spielberg, who is performing at Kane Center for the Arts. Um, coming up next Saturday at the Kane Center. You can get tickets at canearts.org. Now, Robin, I'm going to ask this question before I jump into your history and everything, but I just have to ask on the front end. So you are a Steinway artist. Yes. Yes. What is, tell, tell the crowd, like, what is that, like, what does that mean? Like, what does it mean to be a Steinway artist? Well, it's actually a very high honor um, to be added to the um, prestigious roster of Steinway artists. You know, um, you have to be invited. And I endorse Steinway and they endorse me. And certainly I can play other concert grade instruments if they're, you know, on site. And certainly I do. Like a Busendorfer? But, but if a Steinway is not, uh, you know, available and there's no piano available, they'll provide one, um, you know, basically for the cost of cartage. You know, I rehearse in the different Steinway um, galleries and use their artist pianos when I'm doing um, anything on television, for example. I record on them exclusively. So that's wonderful. That's pretty... What so do they like when that happens, when that moment? So how, how many how long have you been a Steinway artist? Uh, since 1996. All right. So so a very like a considerable amount of time you've been a Steinway artist. How um do they approach you? Do you approach them? Like, what's that kind of like? They actually, they actually did. I was rehearsing for my Carnegie Hall debut, and I was um, doing a few very kind of like off the radar kind of shows in New Jersey uh, to get myself prepped and ready. Uh -huh. And little did I know, someone from Steinway was actually at one of those concerts. Oh, cool. It was supposed to be a secret concert. <laughs> Um, but he was there and very impressed and kind of put my name, you know, forward. And then I had a few interviews and they listened to my recordings and I, you know, I signed on. And of course, there are a lot of classical, you know, straight ahead classical artists that have this designation. Um, I am a, an artist that kind of crosses that line. I 
am, my music is very accessible to the home piano player because I play music from the Great American Songbook um, and, you know, pop songs and light classical and original pieces that are intermediate to advanced intermediate uh, for students. So people, it's very relatable. So I'm a different kind of artist, you know, on the roster other than the classical artist. Yes. So what is it about, um, tell me like what it is about Steinway instruments for you that really, that you gravitate toward? Well, it's, um, it's one of the last great things made right here in the United States of America. That's for sure. So right there, that's very special. Um, there's over 12,000 moving parts inside of Steinway. Wow. They take over a year to make takes a few years for the wood to age properly to be able to be used to build a piano. Um, and so there's great care in the craftsmanship. Um, it really takes uh, the craftspeople, you know, years and years to train to be able to make these instruments the way they do. I don't know if people really realize that. Um, other piano companies, they kind of get them off the factory line. <laughs> Um, they're mass manufactured, but Steinways are still um, handmade and hand built. Wow. Wow. So each one you get is different. In other words, once you play one, you can't say you've played them all. They're they're different in their color. The key dips might be different. The the tone, um, the voicing, the regulation, they all vary a little bit. Which means that when I'm on the road, um, I get to try all these fabulous you know pianos. Take them out for test drives. It also means that during soundtrack, I have to um, adapt. And I've learned how to do that. It's taken a while to learn how to do that, but I have to pretty much memorize all the idiosyncrasies of each instrument. Interesting. So that I can get the best performance. Interesting. So like, so so what are some of those, I guess, um, you know, from your aspect, from a performer too, like, I guess, what, what are, let's dig a little bit deeper and like, what are some of those idiosyncrasies you're talking about? I mean, could each Steinway have like a little bit different weight to the keys perhaps, or I mean, is it stuff like that well, or is it? For me, mostly it's usually the key dip, how high our keys are. Um, that makes a very big difference, but, uh, and of course it makes a difference on how the piano has been cared for, right? right? You know, which technician is servicing it and how they're caring for it. And not every piano could be in absolute, pristine, perfect condition right. every time. So uh, what I'm memorizing is those, those idiosyncrasies might be, you know, one key might require a different weight than another key to make the same volume of sound. Wow. And so you're, you're memorizing that as you're in your rehearsal and sound check so that you can give the most fluid performance possible. Wow. Wow. I love that. Like, it's just like the craft, you know what I mean? Like your craft that you you're that you have to take that time during the sound check time and to, to, like you said, to, to notice, you know, recognize, memorize, and then, right. and then, and then produce out during the performance afterward too. You know, that's well, amazing. Now I find it a fun challenge. I used to petrify me. It used to take me hours. <laughs> I would have sound checks for hours. Now I can usually get it done in 20 minutes at the most 45. And now I find it a, a like a, a challenge, you know, how, how quickly. Oh yeah. Which ones can you find and how, how quick can you find it and get it done? How quickly? Well, I've been in it. situations where I've done like live radio on NPR and I've had like all of nine minutes wow. um, to, to get her done. Wow. Wow. That's impressive. 
That's very impressive. So, so also, so, oh, so sorry. Well, tell everyone, unfortunately, like, although we just spent this time talking about how wonderful Steinway is, unfortunately, <laughs> Kane Center for the Arts does not have a Steinway. We have a Busendorfer, <laughs> which, which an act, but I will say that you're actually the second Steinway artist to play Kane Center at, at on, on our Busendorfer. Um, and, I'm and, sure it's a beautiful instrument. Looking forward. Thank you. We 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 believe it is as well. Christian Sands, a jazz artist, played was the first one to play the first Steinway artist. And I remember during the concert, he said he said, you know, officially I'm a Steinway artist, but uh, this Bosendorfer will do. So yeah, we'll have so, to do. That's right. That's right. So we said, good. Okay, great. Um, and he and he was joking, everyone. He was joking. But um, but yeah. So so something else. Um, you know, I guess I it's I. I want to ask you a little bit too about your, um, cause you have a musical, like a, a, what drama background as well. I do. I do. Actually, it was a drama major at NYU. Yeah. So, uh, I was chasing that Broadway dream for quite some time. And I, uh, did a number of plays. I'm a founding member of the Atlantic theater company. Um, you might know them from the musical now that's running Kimberly Akimbo, mm -hmm. but also spring awakening and, Day of Wine of Roses is now on Broadway. A lot, lots of, lots of wonderful theater. But we've been doing that um, since 1985 officially. Yes. And so I was in the NYU class that started that theater company with David Mamet, William H Macy, and a number of other, um, you know, founding people that were board members, our wow. mentors. Wow. Wow. And are you still? Mm -hmm. Do you? I mean, do you still check in? I mean, as a founding member, I'm sure you're still somewhat checking in oh, yeah. on an no, advisory I, board I still, or something, right? I, yeah, I went to the um, Vista Social Club that was just, that they have running. It's fantastic. Um, yes, I'm very proud to have been to be have been a founding member, and you know, make no mistake, everything I trained and learned um, in my tenure as an Atlantic Theater Company member, as well as um, a student, you know, of, of theater, has come into is led to this pretty much because. Let's face it, piano concerts can be really boring. Um, I'll be the first one to tell you that. <laughs> oh, no. If someone were to say, hey, let's go see a piano concert. And they say, well, what, what is she playing? Oh, music you've never heard of, like things that she wrote. You'd probably go running in the opposite direction. And, you know, that is not lost on me because um, I don't have the best of attention. And I could say that I've been to, I love the piano. I love the piano. I've been to many piano concerts and have been bored silly. So um, to incorporate, you know, what I've learned, I know that my job as, um, as a composer pianist who was doing these kind of performances, my job is to engage audiences. And I think I found the magic sauce for doing that so that people are not um, falling asleep and dead bored. They leave really engaged and go, wow, never been to a piano concert like that before. So um, I'd like to think that they're, it's funny and I do some storytelling and readings. And love that. Personal sharing. And I love, uh, you know, gosh, last this last tour that I just did, I realized that I didn't prep an encore. And so um, there was a demand for one. <laughs> You know, the signs, the standing ovation. Yes, and all yes, the encore, encore, well, yes. It won't go home. So I said, okay, is there anything that I didn't play that um, you guys want to hear? 
And someone, some wise guy shouts out, chopsticks. I'm like, all right. So I think I did like the most really fun rendition of chopsticks people had <laughs> heard in their life. And that was just, that's all anyone was talking about at the CD signing line and the, you know, the picture hug line. They were just, have you recorded that? They said, I love that. Well, you know, every, <laughs> every audience album, album has chopsticks on it. I'm like, you've got to be kidding. Right? Well, but just yeah. like you said, like, just like you said, what a, what an awesome testament to your, you know, wanting to make a show out of it and make it fun and story because like, yes, chopsticks, but you know, every audience always wants to feel that the show that they're at is like an individual one that like no other audience has heard. Right. And, and so Absolutely. you doing that in that moment gave them well, that. I can't tell you how many times I have couples come up to me and the, the man will say, my wife dragged me to your piano concert. I really didn't want to go, um, but I loved it. That's wonderful. Well, Drag, don't, no one has to get drugged to see Robin at Kane Center in a couple weeks, all right? We're going to take a break and come right back. here. Note the scene with Kane Center for the Arts Executive Director Justin Dion will return after this short break on 1059 100.7 WSIC. Call now to speak with Justin Dion at 844-STUDIO-4. It's Know the Scene on 1059 100.7 WSIC. Local starts here. Welcome back to Know the Scene, everybody. Continuing our conversation today with Robin Spielberg, who is playing at Kane Center for the Arts, coming up next Saturday night. Next Saturday night. Get your tickets, kanearts.org. We've had a great conversation with Robin so far today. Um, talked a little bit about her theater background. We were talking about some of that um, during, the, um, during the break as well, and like the switch that she did from, from acting um, to then becoming the instrumentalist uh, she is now, but I can imagine, Robin. You you were mentioning that that you were at, you know kind of in your theater background where you've you've composed um, like mm -hmm. shows, like some musicals um, as well. Yeah. And you played for friends and auditions. But where did all this all this start? Did you start piano at like you know? Did you do the, like at a young age? Mom and dad put you in piano lessons type thing, or how did how did it come about? Oh yeah, I, st I started in the womb. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, you know, I give that answer because I don't really remember not playing the piano. How cool. Uh, yeah, toddlers, you know, I begged for lessons. I didn't have formal lessons till I was seven because my sister started when she was seven and my parents wanted it to be fair. So uh, I was just annoying them like crazy since probably about four or five years old. Um, you know, and then I started lessons when I was seven and I told the teacher that I wanted to play all these Broadway show tunes and she needs to help me arrange them. And she said, well, no. And I said, why not? And she said, because you're seven. <laughs> you have to learn how to play first. <laughs> Which I didn't think was a good answer. Sure. So um, we actually started that when I was seven. Uh, I had such a great, you know, creative first teacher that, you know, she made it like dessert. If I got all the exercises done and all the classical music of the great dead men you're supposed to learn, then I'd get to have the treat of learning how to arrange a show from Broadway. Wow. And that's, that's what I lived for 
I lived for it. Wow. So when you were doing like what kind of like when you said so tell me what you mean by when you say you get to arrange, you know, a song instead of I got to well, learn a song, right? You know, I don't know if you guys can hear the piano from like where you Oh are. yeah, we'll be able to hear it. You can? Yes. All right. If I were to whoops, let's turn that around. If I if you were just to look on uh, the sheet music, you would see that, you know, the first thing I learned was from Hans Christian Andersen. Do you remember that? Yes. Um, and there was a song called Anywhere I Wander, which I thought was the most beautiful song in the whole world, right? So if you just read the chords, it goes like this. arranging the piece like that's not so compelling right so you you arrange it you know what i'm saying yes wow so you learn how to you know make it flow yes and you added, you added, I mean, you, like, like, no, 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 no disrespect to Mr. Anderson, but, but, you know, you took something that kind of seemed a little more, maybe two-dimensional and well, yeah. added and added much more depth and movement and color right, you can have and, and, emotion and yes. color, right? And harmonies and, and chord substitutions. And you can have a really, really good time. Um, creating that way, and so you were doing that at eight. Fortunately, I learned that really early. Wow. Um, so it became, you know, a skill set that uh, that I had. I had no idea how useful it was going to be. But as I mentioned, I went to NYU. That that school was just way too expensive for me. So I ended up working in piano bars and hotel lobbies and piano rooms, playing music in my twenties, and it, you know, paid off all that NYU debt. I was playing the piano like mad. Wow. For about 12 years in New York City rooms. Wow. Congrats. That I mean, like, that's so cool though. You know, like so so you would go and I guess out on your the the rare spare time that you had, because I myself was a theater major and and I mean I'm I know we went to school at different times, I'm sure. But um but you know, theater majors, you don't have a lot of extra time, you know, because usually you're in well, rehearsals or you're in this so, and that. This so why I was so lucky. I was I had a gig in new york a steady gig that was a union job that was at the grand hyatt which was right above grand central station and it was 7 30 to 10 30 in the morning wow and then a break and then 11 30 till 2 30 in the afternoon which meant i could still audition for anything after three and if i was in a show i could still do the show at night so I kept that schedule playing those six hours. I'd get when I was doing a play, I'd go to Lincoln Center early and I'd sleep in the dressing room for two hours and then do the show. Um, so, you know, that was just really um, it was a godsend. When, and it keeps you, and, and wow, like so, and it's achieving multiple things. One, I mean, you enjoy playing. Obviously, you love playing. So you're getting to do that. You know, two, you're, it's lucrative, financially lucrative. So, like you said, you're, you're earning. To yeah, help, and you're practicing your on bills. the job and you're always learning new things. Exactly, yeah. Requested, someone came in and requested, you know, a standard that I didn't know. because, You know, I was like 24 years old. I didn't know everything. And uh, you had to be able to play without any music at the piano. 
Um, so I had a lot of songs memorized, but you know, you really need a few thousand. Um, then I'd go home and I'd, I'd learn that song and bring it in the next time. That's so yeah. awesome. So yeah, you're getting to continue to grow your craft and get better at, at your, you know, in practice in a way too, and sharp, keep yourself sharp. Right. Right. Super important. I mean, there's no substitute for that 10,000 hours that they talk about. You hear about it. Oh, right. Um, yes. No, do it. Tell us, tell us. Yeah. There's just no substitute for putting in the time. There are a lot of, I think, artists that spend a lot of time marketing their careers and <laughs> spending a lot of time on socials and doing things to um, get attention. But at the end of the day, you have to be able to do the show, do the work, do the schedule. Um, right. And uh, I, I am proud to say I'm in the fourth decade of doing just that. And I really don't know many, if any, contemporary female composers that are um, traveling and performing their own work the way I am. Right. Right. That's, that's, well, that's something to very, you know, be very much proud of um, with what you've done. Do you, so, so, uh, you know, the decision to take that leap. Well, I guess, you know, I mean, you obviously had, it had a, had a record deal, you know, as well that, but, but, you know, still, but that decision to move into full-time um, musician, right. Out of full-time mm -hmm. actress, um, you yeah. know, was that must've been a pretty, I mean, you know, you had to be a really mindful and thoughtful decision. Well, there was a little bit of an epiphany there, you know, um, I, was in the dressing room. I remember the moment because I was in the dressing room. I was doing a play at Lincoln Center, but I didn't have a very important role. I was understudying the lead. Um, and that's when the record deal came in. And another actress that I was working with, a friend of mine, Felicity Huffman, said, what are you doing? And I said, oh, I'm working on this mailing for my, my album. She goes, no, what are you doing? And I repeated, I'm working on this mailing. She goes, you know, we are what you do. And I see you not, you know, taking the same classes anymore, running around to auditions, blah, blah, blah. I see you composing and playing piano and you're so good at it. Like, that's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. And I said, you know, you're right. So when I took the record deal, I thought I'll take a year off from auditioning. That's all. I'll just take a year off and see where this lands. But you know, I I never looked back. And that that's first awesome. record, he and sold like a hundred thousand copies. And then I had a there was a demand to tour and write, make songbooks, and I just had a blast putting together my own, you know, one woman piano show. That's wonderful. I love that. Well, and 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 how well to take that leap and to have your friend, you know, um, really encourage you that way too. You know, I love that. I think that you know, my experience. Too, I mean, uh, the artistic community tends to always be encouraging of each other. You know, when you can really have those kind Absolutely. of those kind of friendships. So and that's and great. It really wasn't so you know happy. I felt. Um, you know, several times, you know, you have that feeling of, I should have gotten that part. You feel a little passed over. You feel so much less in control when you're working as an actor um, before you succeed. You know, you really are at the mercy of all the gatekeepers, of all the casting directors and directors who decide for you whether or not you're good for that part or you're right for that role. So you can't sit in your apartment and, and, and act. You can sit in your apartment and write music. That's right. That's right. That's right. So that felt a lot more empowering to me. And you might notice now that when you are watching a film or a miniseries on TV that you really love, very often it is the um, very successful actors that are now producing that work. Right. Because now they could be their 
Now they could be their own gatekeepers finally. Yes, they're in that position where they take agency, which is what you took when you went and became the full-time touring Absolutely. musician that you yep. are now. Well, all right, we're going to, uh, speaking with that, we're going to take another break, our last break. Um, everyone, don't leave us. Take the minute and then come and join us back after the break. We're going to keep talking with Robin and we're going to have one more segment with her after the break on Know the Scene. Center for the Arts Executive Director Justin Dion in just a moment on 105.9 100.7 WSIC. It's Know the Scene with Kane Center for the Arts Executive Director Justin Dion on 105.9 100.7 WSIC. back everybody know the scene this afternoon enjoying a little little more modern tune there well they've all been they've got lots of modern tunes bill was bill was like you'll know this one and i was like i don't know i really don't listen to a lot of like what the young kids listen to but then i heard <laughs> it then i heard it and i was like i have heard that one i have heard that <laughs> one thankfully robin robin it, because robin played it I mean, robin, like driver's like, yes the way robin played it i went i have heard it have heard it so all right all right well welcome everyone back um great conversation today um with miss robin spielberg here uh just about about her experiences and her expertise and playing the wonderful piano instrument and the other parts of her career as well again robin is playing saturday march 9th at kane center for the arts you can get tickets at kanearts.org uh robin was telling us a little bit before the show that uh, were in the show, excuse me, that, you know, she is, she understands that someone might hear solo piano concert and think that it's not going to be enjoyable, but no, wait, she, she did a great job explaining to us that <laughs> it's, it's more than that. It is more, it's more than even just a solo piano. So tell us, you mentioned that there's some stories you tell there's some things sure. like that. Like, tell us more about the, the well, whole show. That, you know, I'm, sens I'm sensitive to the fact that people are, ticket buyers come and they sit in a seat and watch and listen to you play. And that could be boring. So I just wanted to acknowledge that right off the bat. So my, well, I take it very seriously to make this an engaging experience. Mm -hmm. um, so I, share stories on stage. I think a lot of the show is somewhat funny. I share some um, humiliating experiences oh, no. <laughs> that I've had <laughs> with complete abandon and honesty. Um, in addition, there are concert films, which I really love. So a lot, some of the pieces, not all of them, but some of the pieces have accompanying films that are really beautiful that play behind me so that while I'm playing and while you're listening, you can see what was in my mind's eye when I composed the piece. 
I mean, so often now we listen to, um, you know, the work of classical music artists and we really don't have any idea why they composed it. Was this a love song? Was this something out of betrayal or was this a joke? We don't know and there's no context. Um, so I'm a living composer, so I can give you the context and I can show you, help engage you with the, uh, with the films, which are quite lovely. So we'll be adding those to this tour as well. That's wonderful. So with those films, did, did you, I mean, did you put them together? Did you have a mm -hmm. filmmaker that you worked with and they did it under your direction? Like yeah, how did you approach it? A bit of both. I've, I've worked on the films and then I have um, someone in Atlanta that helps me edit them together. And this last November, I had my orchestra premiere with this, this uh, recording I did called By Way of the Wind. Yes. Box. Pretty, pretty box. It is a pretty um, box. Has all this wonderful stuff inside. And so this was full orchestra, and we had the um, films playing behind the orchestra. It was very oh, wow. effective. Really quite lovely, quite magical. I love that. So, it's, so it, will, it will engage all of your senses. Multimedia experience. Multimedia experience as well as part of the show, um, which sounds, which is going to be wonderful as well. So um, again, uh, I encourage everyone to get tickets for this show. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful uh, experience to, to see and listen um, to Robin herself. And then also see these other experiences of the, of the films and in certain songs um, as well right. as part of the show too. Um, so, you know what else I noticed, Justin? I noticed um, in this last year or two, I guess because of the pandemic, an uptick in sheet music sales, more people returning to the piano. Maybe you took piano lessons as a child and you stopped playing. And now that you had time during the pandemic, you started to rediscover the instrument, which is fantastic. So I've been bringing sheet music along with me. We've been selling a lot of that. And oh, I love it neat. when piano students come or teachers bring their students. That's pretty awesome also. Yeah, that's a great. So if you're listening and you, you yourself um, aren't just an enjoyer of uh, piano music, but play yourself or, you know, are taking lessons or teach maybe, uh, you know, so it'd be a great show to bring to come to as well. Um, something else that Robin is very uh, passionate about is uh, music therapy. Um, yes. And actually, Robin, you are also, you're a, a spokesperson um, for the American Music Therapy Association. Can you tell uh -huh. us a little bit about that? Yes, I've been an AMTA spokesperson for several decades now. Um, there is no doubt that there is a connection between music and wellness. And uh, I've given a TED talk on the transformative mm -hmm. power of music. It's used in so many applications from, it's helped um, children with learning disabilities. Um, I do a lot of music and memory programs. So I do music for dementia and Alzheimer's patients. Um, music therapy has helped people with Alzheimer's, um, Parkinson's disease. Uh, it's helped with anxiety. ADHD, there are just so many applications. So if listeners want to learn more about music therapy, what it is, what it can do, um, there's a website, it's simply musictherapy.org. And there's a lot of journal articles there, uh, information on how to major in music therapy at colleges, which universities and colleges offer majors. I just find it so fascinating about how we process music in the brain. And the neuroscience behind it is is absolutely phenomenal. When did that become something? At what point in your career did that become like something that you became really interested in? 
I wasn't interested in it until I became a mom. Ah. Um, my daughter was born very prematurely and I felt extremely helpless. She was uh, under one pound and she oh was goodness. in the NICU for four months. Um, she was just very tiny and born at 23 weeks, five days, which was just considered a micro preemie, given a very small chance of survival. Um, she had a lot of medical issues and, uh, you know, including epilepsy and a traumatic brain injury. And from the NICU forward, music has really helped her navigate her way through the world, not wow. only helped her academically, but helped her socially. She joined marching band. It helped her eye-hand coordination. She studied marimba with, you know, two mallets in each wow. hand, marching band and drum corps. She's 25 now and doing great. Um, but we saw firsthand how much music played a role in helping rewire her brain. So it was something I just wanted to share with the world. Wow, I love that. So, so as you, so along with that, so so you so you really got excited about and saw, as you mentioned, how music helped and impacted your daughter as she continued to grow and develop. Um, did you, at some point did you literally go? I, there's got to be something to this music therapy thing, and you you know engaged well, with someone. Saw, I mean, how did, how did you get engaged okay. from there? Yeah. So the very first kernel of that was that my we had our music, my music, playing for her in the NICU. Uh -huh. And the nurses noticed that her oxygen saturation levels increased and her blood pressure stabilized. And there were actual real physical wow. changes that occurred. And I couldn't understand why that would happen because clearly a tiny itty bitty baby at 23 weeks doesn't even have their eyes open yet. How could they have musical preference? So I started doing research and that's where I found wow the work of a doctor, Dr. Stanley at the University of Florida, he wrote a whole book on music and the premature infant. Wow. So I devoured that book. And then I found that there were all these other applications for music. Um, like I told you for uh -huh. all these yes, other diseases. Yes, yes. And I just went crazy on it, you know? And so I found the Music Therapy Association and, and I called them and we met and we found we were a really good match. And so I became, you know, an artist advocate for them. Wow, that's amazing. And and you and you along with doing your concerts, you do you'll go do um, as you mentioned. You've done a TED talk, but you also will go and and you know do musical therapy events or you know sessions around yeah, the I'm country as well. I'm not personally a music therapist that's certified. So what I do is that I do an um, I do a workshop called the Intro Introduction to Music Therapy. Oh, okay. What kind of education you need. I will go into nursing homes and assisted living and do a music and memory program here at the piano, like wow. I name that tune. And trigger memory in the listener, which is also very often very enjoyable for families yes. to see their loved ones who are suffering with memory loss kind of come back to life through music. Um, so I do those sorts of things uh, for them. I've done a number of benefits as well for music therapy. And I do a keynote on music and mental health because there's a, you know, a mental health crisis in our mm -hmm. country and not mm -hmm. enough service providers. So there's a lot of ways that you can use music to help, you know, cope with, uh, with mental struggles. Yes, absolutely. Wow. Well, I love that. And congratulations on your work on that. I mean, that's well, and everything on the career that you, that you've built and, and the, the pivot that you, that you made into music. <laughs> Do you ever think Robin Spielberg will show back up on the stage again as a, as an actress? No, one never knows. Uh, <laughs> I might be a very old lady talking like the Russian accent because I'm 96 years old doing some kind of play. I don't know. There you go. You never know. You never know. It's the, for the right role, right? It's the right, <laughs> the right role. Thing is to 
Uh, that's know. right. And Meryl Streep has to be in the cast. There you and go. And Patty LaPone. <laughs> yeah, you just that's it. That's well, it. You have your those two sign on. I guess they can get me. That, that if if they if they come and approach you. And they say that. Yeah. Well, well, listen, sure. but we don't, but you know what? Like as, as, as cool as that may sound, that's not what we need. What we need is Robin Spielberg on the piano at Kane Center for the Arts. I need it too. All right. <laughs> Here, coming up, make sure you all come to the performance. Again, Robin's coming to Kane Center for the Arts on March the 9th. Come see her, Kane Arts, start for tickets. Robin, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. What a pleasure it was talking with yes, you. Yes, ma'am. You as well. And we will look forward to seeing you in a few weeks. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Everyone have a great day. Bye.